Amen. Well, we've got a great speaker here today. And uh, I'm going to, want to, we're just going to welcome in a moment Christian McCutton. Christian's from uh, Christian City Church. It's where he got his name, Christian, from. And I uh, used to be someone else, McCutton, but now I call him Christian McCutton. No, that's not true. <laughs> He's a great young man, and uh, he leads the youth ministry over in Christian City Church, Phil Pringle's church in, uh, in Sydney. Many of you would know Phil Pringle, a uh, great leader, one of the world's great leaders in this hour. Pastors, uh, about, a, about a thousand pastors, has a great church. And travels the world and he's involved in church planning, carries great anointing and mantle. And uh, Christian is a part of his ministry, part of the team, part of the group. He runs and works with the youth. Uh, the youth has grown up in the last uh, few years. It's grown from 40 to over 1,000. And they have a great vision for 10,000 young people on fire and passionate for the Lord. And uh, in the course of his ministry, God has given him uh, anointing the area of the prophetic and the miraculous. And so he, is, uh, he was sharing yesterday with us about two people that he raised from the dead out in the community that uh, came upon them in an accident scene, and then God used them powerfully to ensure they didn't die, but they lived. And uh, so he has tremendous gifting, tremendous ministry, and uh, he has uh, some aspects and insights and uh, ways of thinking that will be great, and we what we need to help us grow and expand. How many know if you keep thinking the same way, you'll just end up doing the same things? Amen? That's right. But so often we resist change, we resist new thinkings, but I want us to be really open. I want us to give Christian a great welcome today as he comes to minister. Are you ready? Praise God. Fantastic. Well, it's so good to be here this morning, church. And I just, I just want to thank your, your phenomenal pastors here this morning. Uh, why don't you give them a big hand? Such a big-hearted, big-spirited people. Thank you. And for pastors Dave and Kate, thank you for looking after me and getting me over here. And, you know, I, I just can't shake uh, this vision that God keeps giving me about this house, that right now you are living in a, a season of favor. And uh, you've done something as a church and as a body to attract the attention of God. And the favor of God and right now is your time. And, and I was sharing last night with the leaders and, and the word that I just kept getting my is get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Church, get ready for what God is going to do in this house, what God is going to use you to do in your community. Uh, you know, what the Holy Spirit, I, I literally, it was like I saw and I shared this last night, like an atomic bomb going off and, and a mushroom cloud being seen far and wide. And what it was was a, it was, it was a Holy Ghost bomb that had dropped on this place. And I tell you, I see shockwaves going out from this house far and wide across the nation of New Zealand, impacting lives where, you know, wherever anybody's open to be impacted. And, uh, and I'm just excited what's going to happen from here. And I, and I was sharing uh, with the leaders and with Pastor Mike that I believe that you're going you're to see 1,500 plus people in this house within three years. Get ready for growth. Get ready for increase. Get ready for the expansion that God's got for you, for your life personally and for this church corporately. I believe that God is going to use this out and you are going to attract media attention. You're going to attract government attention. And, and there, there is going to be uh, wisdom sought from this house and from your leadership in the coming years because you've attracted the favor of God. You've done something to position yourselves where others haven't. And uh, like Pastor Mike was sharing, it, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro. And the Lord was speaking to me about that this morning. That, that you've caught his attention. The eyes have been searching. Where is a people that I could use? Where is an army that will rise on my behalf? Where is a people that will rise in strength? And you've attracted the favor of God. You've attracted the attention of God. Now you need to walk in that. Amen? Well, as, as Pastor Mike was saying, I've actually just handed uh, Jürgen Matesius. You might remember Jürgen that came and preached here. I was his 2IC for about seven years. 
And uh, we handed over the youth ministry. We kind of split it. It was 11 to 25s. We split it to youth 11 to 18s, young adults 18 to 25s. Uh, and I'm still in oversight of that area of church. Uh, but we've just handed it over to some of the young guys that are coming up. And uh, now my wife and I are looking after the 25s plus at church, 25s to 35s on the pastoral team, doing a whole lot of things, getting to travel a little bit. And bless God, just having a great life. God's good. The devil's bad. But we win. Amen. Fantastic. Well, can I just do something? Will you just come with a little bit of a journey with me this morning? I believe God's going to heal some people. Uh, I've got a word that he's given to me, but he's confusing me now because I think he wants me to speak on something else. Uh, But I just want to pray for some people. All those youth that were out on the altar, I believe today the fire of God is going to fall on this house. Get ready for a new dimension of the power of God on your lives. You see, we can get used to uh, a certain way of living. We can get used to the power of God in our lives. But there should be nothing natural about God. There should be nothing natural about the supernatural. We are supernatural beings, but God wants to to- um, totally uh, you know, consume us every day. He wants to take over our lives. He wants us to be made bigger through his presence. And, and I just want to pray for some people because I believe the power of God is going to fall here. Then we'll get into the word of God. Amen. So all those people and Anna that was on stage and Amy, all the young people that were standing out the front here, can you just come out? I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And, and church, I believe an anointing is coming on your young people. They're going to have wisdom beyond their years. Just spread out here, guys, across the altar. They, they're, going to, they're going to have strength that, that is, is not seen uh, you know, very often in young people's lives. They're going to have an ability to speak and, and move in the power of God. And I, I believe that you know, through, through Dave and, and Kate and, and the leadership that they've had over there, just spread right out, guys. We're going to pray for you quickly that the power of God is going to come upon them. They're going to be a bright, shining light in this city. Amen? I believe there's growth. And Kate, I I, I saw a vision that that God was giving wings to your vision. And I I shared this last night, but I knew it was for you also. And he's giving dimension to the dream that you've had in your heart. And in saying that the church is going to grow to 1,500 plus, I saw you being integral in that process. And I saw literally you being somebody that connected people to the house and 100 plus or more people are going to be connected to the house just because of you. But then because of those people, then there's going to be families added. There's going to be mums, there's going to be kids, there's going to be whole families added. And it's the favour of God upon your life right now at this time. That God, you know, what you've struggled for, what you've pressed in for, what you've sacrificed for, what's, what's uh, taken a toll on you to achieve, God says now it's going to come easy. I'm giving wings to the vision. And I believe he's putting people around your life that are going to shoulder the burden with you. He's going to put people that are going to volunteer their time. He's going to give people that are going to, you know, do things for you that you need done so that you can run with the vision that God has for you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's just do this. Church, if you'd reach out your hands. These are your mighty young people. These are the future of your church. And the power of God is going to hit this place. It's going to touch lives, change lives, and make these young people all that God has for them to be. Amen. Lift your hands, champion. Power of God. Power of God, pour on your life. Power of God. Power of God. Right now. Power of God. Power of God. Power of God. Power of God. Power of God on your life. Increase. Shut them up. Holy Ghost. Power of God. Power of God. Holy Ghost. Power of God. Power of God. Strength. Power of God. Power of God. Power of God, 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 power of God
praise Jesus. God's good, isn't he? My God, my God, my God. You know, sometimes we travel through life wanting God to bring change, but we want to do life the same way we've always done it. And when God brings change, he expects something of us as a people, as a congregation, you know, as a family. And in John 21, it speaks of Jesus presenting himself again to his disciples. And so uh, here are his disciples that have traveled with him for three years. He called them by name. He, he walked with them. He taught them. You know, they saw him as, as the Messiah, as the Savior, and now he's left them. See, he's crucified. He died. And they've been doing life with this guy named Jesus. And now he's gone. Now, Peter gets a little despondent. He goes, you know what? I'm going to go back to doing what I know to do. See, he's a fisherman by trade. He knows how to fish. He knows when to fish. He knows where to fish, how to catch fish. And he goes, you know, I'm going fishing. And the rest of the disciples say, yeah, we're going with you. And the Bible says that they toil all night and catch nothing. So they've gone to do in their own strength what they know how to do. They've, they've reverted back to humanistic way of living. They, they've reverted back to what they know how to do, what they're skilled at. And we're all skilled at something. It says that they, they toiled all night and caught nothing. And sometimes we travel through life walking with Jesus, being led by him. being And then there's times where we feel like he's afar off and we revert back to living as we used to live, doing what we, we know to do. But then it says Jesus presented himself and said, children, have you no food? Knowing that they had none. And they said, no, we have no food. And he says, well, why don't you just cast your net on the right side of the boat? You know, and some would question whether that's the right side of the boat or that's actually just saying, you know, why don't you throw it out on my side? Why don't you throw it out on the side I've got for you to throw it out on? You see, these guys that know what to do, how to live life, how to do life, and we all know how to do life. We all know how to live and get along and do what we do. So, so without hesitation, they threw the net on the right side of the boat. And the Bible says that there was so much fish in the net that they could not pull it in. I want to challenge you here today, and I'm about to preach a word about doing one thing differently. You see, if I was these guys, I would have said, are you kidding me? I've just toiled all night. I'm a fisherman. I know what to do. I know what side to throw the net on. I know how to catch fish. This is my livelihood. This is what I do. But it says, without hesitation, they threw the net on the right side of the boat and caught such a catch that they couldn't contain it. I believe right now this church is in position to throw the net on the other side of the boat and catch such a catch that you won't be able to pull it in. And, and that's the favour of God for this house. And so this morning I want to talk to you about creating a God space in your life. About creating room for God. You see, God loves space. And God wants to fill any space that's created for Him. You see, you, you were made and positioned on this planet to fill a void, to fill a space. And let me, let me read to you here. You know, and here's the deal. When Jesus was being born onto the earth, there was no space made for him. It says here in Luke 2 verse 7, it says, She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. You know, God is looking. You've got his attention right now. And he's, God's looking for a people and a place that will make space for him to move. You see, the world doesn't need more of you. It's got enough. There's 6.2 billion people walking the planet today and there's enough problems of their own. The world doesn't need more people. They need more Holy Ghost people. 
The world doesn't need more people of strength, you know, physical strength or mental strength. They need more people of spiritual strength. More people that carry the power of God. More people that have made space for God to occupy for his power to flow through. Amen? If we go here in Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Like I was saying, one of the reasons God created the earth was that you would fill it. One of the reasons God created you was that you would fill a space and have dominion in it. And you're a church called to dominion. You're a church called to speak out the things of the Spirit and bring change to your nation, to bring change to, to Hastings, to Napier, uh, and, and the surrounding areas. And in Genesis 1.28, it says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. You know, when we're filled with the Spirit of God, we live in dominion. When we are filled with the things of God, when we've laid aside our, our cares, our, our thoughts, you know, what does the Bible say? That God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. That we think that we know how to do life. We think we know how to, to, to succeed in life. And, and for, you know, for the most part, people do. But God wants you to, to take you to a higher realm today. God wants to take you into a new dimension of effectiveness and impact. And that's why he put you on this planet. Amen? You know, the last thing that King David said. Now, this is King David that had riches, glory, honor, servants. The, the man lacked for nothing. This is the man that, that, you know, conquered giants, that took down kingdoms, that literally, you know, that walked and talked with God. And this is it. It says, praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his presence. This concludes the prayer of David, son of Jesse. What was he concerned with? that the whole world be filled with the presence of God. You see, we are carriers of the presence of God or not. We, we are vessels, earthen vessels, you know, placed on this planet to carry the presence of God. I want to ask you, to, are you carrying the presence of God? Are you walking? Are you talking? Are you carrying the power of heaven and giving it to people everywhere you go? You know, we have, all have God-shaped God holes in our lives that can only be filled by the Holy Spirit. And God desires to pour out his spirit and fill you today. Why am I talking this way? I don't know. It's just what I feel God putting on my heart to speak to you about. That God wants to fill this place up. Because for you to achieve and do and be all that God has for you as a church, as a nation shape, shaking, impacting church, it's not going to be in yourself. It's not going to be in your strategies. It's not going to be in, in your mind. It's going to be in, through the power of God. He's going to be glorified through this house as you pour out the spirit. You know, and we need to make commitments to making space for God in our lives every day. And, and I just want to talk to you, and I just want to share this one. How do you create a uh, space for God in your life? And the first thing is you need to hunger and thirst for more of God. You know, and you, you're an amazing church. Just, just, I feel like I'm at home today. I feel like, you know, I, I, I got on a plane, but I came home. You, just your worship and your praise and, and your passion for God was phenomenal. And is phenomenal. And there's just such a great sense of the presence of God in this house. And I commend you on that. You, you go to a lot of churches where, where God isn't there. But God is here. And this, he's a God of power. You know, and what is Psalm uh, 31 says, Who is this King of glory? He is the King of glory. Well, the King of glory abides in this house. The Bible says that he abides in the praises of his people. Well, you know, this is a house of God. And what does the Bible say? How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. Let's give God a clap for that this morning. This is none other than the house of God.
So Matthew 5, 7 or 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That's the promise of God. That's the blessing of God for your life. As you hunger and thirst for God, he will fill you up. He will be your sufficiency. He will be what you need to get you through times of trouble. He will be all that you need to get you through good times, through bad times. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly. God is all you need. He will be your sufficiency. You know, um, when we're hungry, there's room to be filled. You know, when, when you're hungry, I remember, you know, just a few weeks ago, I was in Melbourne, I was traveling, and we hadn't eaten all day long. And we were so hungry. There's a whole series of meetings throughout the course of that. And, that not, and, and the food just tasted that much better. I'd eaten that dish, you know, that I had that night so many times before, but it just tasted so much better because there was room for it. I hadn't been snacking all day long. I hadn't had other meals. My senses were heightened, you know, my, my taste, but I was just, the, the food that I was eating just tasted so much better than it had previously. And that was, that's what God's looking for us as a church, that we won't snack on everything else. We won't snack on the things of the world. We won't snack on our own desires and, you know, and, and fleshly appetites. What we'll do is we'll wait on God. What we'll do is we'll hunger and thirst for him. We'll go, you know what, I'm just going to do without these things because, God, I'm waiting for the main course. God, I'm waiting for you to fill me up. I'm, you know, I'm going to create as much space as I can. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to enjoy this encounter with you because I want you more than anything else. Amen? You know, and, and I was speaking yesterday about you can't be indifferent to the presence of God. You, you can't have indifference in your life. You have to want the, the presence of God in your life. You have to desire the presence of God in your life. You have to want it more than anything else. Because you can't expect that God's going to move on your behalf and move in your world if you don't want him to, you know, if it's, it's a half-hearted thing. You've got you to want God. You've got to press into God. You've got to go, you know what, I am, I am hungry for you. I am thirsty for you, Lord God. There is nothing else that I want more than to be in your presence, to be filled with your spirit, to walk in your ways. Amen? Proverbs 8 says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me will find me. You know, I love that because these are the promises of God for our lives. And the Bible says that the promises of God are yes and amen. That if it's spoken, it's going to happen. If it's spoken, it's truth. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my word remains forever. You know, and, and so there's, you know, for every promise, there's a premise. There's something we have to do. There's a choice that we get to make. I love those that love me. Who loves God first? We do. I love those who love me and those who seek me will find me. It's not God's job to seek us out. It's our job to seek him out. What does the Bible say? Seek the Lord while he may be found. You know, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For he who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks the door is open. Amen. I love the word of God. It's going to get, you're going to get a lot of scriptures this morning, but I believe it's the word of God that brings change. It's the word of God that blesses your life. It's the word of God that you can go to the bank on. It, it is what, you know, it's my life directory. I love this book. This, this is the way I live my life. This is the way I get through issues. This is the way I get my miracle because I go to the book of promises. I go to the New Testament. You know, when I die, I'm going to leave, leave a will and testament. Well, God gave us a will and testament. It's called the New Testament. It's his promises for our life. When I'm getting blessed, it's because the Bible says I'm going to get blessed. When I'm getting healed, it's because the Bible says I'm going to get healed. When, I, you know, when I'm prospering, it's because the Bible says God gives me the ability to create wealth. This is my life directory. You need to consume this thing. You need to, what does it say in Psalm 1? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, or sits in the way of sinners, or, or stands in the way of mockers, but his delight is on the law of the Lord. 
And on his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a a tree planted by streams of living water that yields its fruit in seasons. Whatever he does shall prosper. We need to meditate on this thing. We need to love this thing. And then what happens? We get filled with the Spirit of God. We get filled with the touch of God. We sense his presence near. Is this all right this morning? Psalm 107 verse 9 says, For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. You know, my prayer is God use me. I want signs. I want wonders. I want miracles. I want my life to count for something. Well, I believe as I stand here today, God is saying to this church, your lives count for something. Your lives are powerful. Long for me and I will fill you up. Look for me and you will find me. I tell you that the power of heaven is going to break out from this house. Literally, I see this as as like a a, a lighthouse on a headland. You're going to tell people about danger that's coming. You are going to tell people about the enemy's attacks ahead of time and people are going to you know, avoid the attacks. You are going to set people free in this house and you're going to do it together. It's an awesome day. Praise God. Second thing, you have to be open. So the first thing is you've got to desire God. You've got to hunger and thirst for God. The second thing is you've got to be open to God. Open vessels. In Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. You just need to be open. You need to go, you know what, God? Whatever you've got for my life, I'll take it. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. You know, and, and I'm convinced most days of my life I'm doing what I don't really want to do but what God wants me to do. And most days I'm not doing what I'd love to do because God's got something else for me to do. But the life I live is a blessed life. I've got a, a fabulously gorgeous wife. She is phenomenal. She blesses my world. I've got two great kids, Noah and Ella, and they are phenomenal. They are fantastic kids. I I, I live a blessed life. I live a prospered life, but I'm not always doing what I want to be doing. But God's got me on a journey. He's got me on a path. I just need to be open to what he has for me. And, you know, like Pastor Mike was saying earlier, I've I've seen people raised from the dead. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen people with cancer, you know, have have it, you know, evaporate. I've seen people with arthritis throughout their whole body get set free instantly. God's ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. You see, we we think we know how to do life, but we will do life a certain way. God wants us to do life his way. Amen? So if we'll open ourselves up. And God will never force his way into our worlds. God will never force himself upon you. He'll never force you to be used. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, looking for someone to be... He wants to be strong in our behalf. But he's looking for somebody that's willing for him to be strong on their behalf. He's looking for a people to say, here I am, Lord, send me. I'll I'll be used. It's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. But you are a people of strength that are called for this day to be open under what God's got for you so he can use you. Amen? Psalm 81. It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. Psalm 147 verse 14 says, He makes peace in your borders and fills you with the finest wheat. I don't know about you. I want God to make peace in my borders. I want God to fight on my behalf. I, got, I want God to f- fill me up with the finest wheat. That, you know, and I'm convinced the day I became a Christian, God said it's less about you and it's more about others. 
Forget about your issues. Forget about your deals. Look to what I have. And that's what the church of God needs to be today. A church that's concerned less about their needs and concerned more about the community. Concerned more about the lost. Concerned more about those going to hell. We need to be taking people off the highway to hell and putting them on the highway to heaven. Amen. We need to be taking hold of people's lives and going, you know what? My, I don't have all my stuff together, but God's going to look after that. I don't have everything, you know, exactly as it should be, but God's working on my behalf. What does the Bible say? Forget not about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. Live in today. In Psalm 118, I shared this over the weekend, verse 24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And if this is the day that God has made, well then right now today is a day of power. You can walk in power today. Forget what the past was. Don't worry about the future. You'll get there. Live in today. Live in the power that God has put on your life today. Be open to what he has for you to do and you will change lives. You will see miracles. You will get breakthrough. You will, you will bring people to the promised land. Jesus is good. Third thing, you need to create time for God. You know, I, I know this great minister, and I said to him, how do you pray? What, what, what do you do? You know, how do you, what, what is your pr- private time like? And he goes, well, I generally do, you know, an hour or so a day, or this, this, and this. He said, but the baseline for my life is three minutes, three verses every day of my life. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, Every day I, I, will, I will get in the presence of God. Every day I will seek God. But I'm a busy man. I get on and off planes all the time. And if I can't, you know, spend an hour in prayer or if I can't walk and talk with the Lord as I want to, the baseline for my life is three minutes of prayer, three verses of scripture every day of my life. That won't be robbed from me. I want to ask you here today, do you create time for God? Do you make space in your schedule or do you expect God to fit into your, your schedule? Do you have time set aside where you will seek God? Where you will press? Do you, do you create a, 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 a time in your world that is only for God? And it doesn't have to be regimented or rigid. It doesn't have to be every morning, every night. But is there a time in your day that's a non-negotiable? This is God's time. You know, and, and is there a baseline in your life? You see, he's saying, what I can't do in an hour, or what, what, you know, if I can't get an hour to pray, God can do in you know, three minutes of prayer. Three verses of scripture. You just need one line of scripture and it will change your life. You just need one revelation from heaven coming to you through the word and you'll be changed forever. But is there a baseline in your life that's a non-negotiable where you're creating time and space for God? Um, see, God lives in, in, in eternity. He created time and we're made in his image. We can make time for God. God spoke and time was. God spoke and things happened. We can, we can speak and create time for God. We can, we can say, you know what, this is what I'm doing. This is, this is what I'm doing today. This is how I'm going to live. I'm going to have you know, a, a life of intimacy with God. I love those that love me and those who seek me will find me. Is this helping anybody today? You know, what does it say? It says, be still and know that I am God. You know, Matthew 26 says, could you not pray with me one hour? You know, we're, we're, we're all busy people, very busy. But we need to make time for God. If God is going to act on our behalf, we need to have God in us to act on our behalf. How is God manifest in the world today? through our lives? And the Bible says the reason the Son of Man came was to smash the works of the enemy. It says Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. We, we are called Christ's ambassadors. We're meant to do the same things he did. We're meant to champion the same causes he championed. 
You know, we're, we're meant to come and smash the works of the enemy. The way we come and smash the works of the enemy is we fight not with flesh and blood, but by in principalities and powers. We wait on God. We spend time in his presence. He moves through our lives and change comes. John seven fifty three uh, says, Then each went to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And then, you know, Daniel prayed daily and God was his strength. You know, Jesus climbed the mountain to seek God. I want to ask you today, where do you go? You see, sometimes it's like a takeaway service. God, I need you to do this. God, I want you to do this. God, I do this. But we haven't spent any time. We haven't made any deposits into the, you know, the, spiritual, into the spiritual bank. You know, it's like God wants to have a relationship with you. He longs to reveal to you his, the mysteries of, his, of who he is. He longs to reveal to you how you can live a life of power, how you can live a life empowered of heaven, empowered of him, to go and change lives, to, to break bondages, break strongholds. And what does it say in Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Everybody say that this morning. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon this church because He has anointed you for a reason and a purpose and a season. And that season is right now. The Spirit of God is upon you as a house for right now to go and change lives, to go and change circumstances, to go and break things in the spiritual atmospheres over this region and this area. Amen? You know, my pastor, Pastor Phil Pringle, he, um, he gets up every morning at 5 a.m. And it doesn't matter where he is, anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter if he's flown to Singapore, or Africa, or America, wherever he is, and he's traveling consistently. Five o'clock every morning. And I remember being away on holidays uh, with, with the Pringles and the back and tires and some of the guys. And... Um, we all get up at 7.30, 8 o'clock because we're on holidays. And we come down to, to breakfast and we're, we're just cruising pancakes, orange juice, all that kind of stuff. I was like, where's Pastor Phil? And, and he's off and the beaches at Coolangatta, they're, you know, 20 kilometres long or more. And he's just taken off walking. And he just walks and talks and prays with God. Now, here's a guy that runs a movement, run, is a president of a school, uh, is an author, is an artist, has a television program that reaches 2 billion people across the world. Uh, you know, our, our 2020 vision for our movement is that we'll have 1,000 churches by 2020 with an average membership of 500. You know, he, he's just traveling consistently, speaking at conference. He, he, you know, th this is a non-negotiable every day. And it's like, man, we're on holidays. He goes, well, God doesn't take holidays. I, don't, I, I may take holidays from work, but I don't take holidays from God. This needs to be a daily thing. This needs to be a passion in our world. God, I just need you. I need your insight in my life. I need you to speak to me, Lord God. I need you to encourage me, God. Touch me today. Give me the strength I need. Give me the, you know, the, the love I need today to get through today. And God will every time because he's faithful. Uh, 1 Timothy says, I wish that all men would lift up holy hands uh, in prayer without anger or disputing. I wish that all men would lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. It would be that this would be something that's daily in our lives. And this is, a, this is a desire of God's heart. I wish that all men would lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. That this would be a house of unity. This would be a house of prayer. And you obviously are because you're, you're a powerful church. And, you know, it just feels like home. It just feels like a family when you come in here. And I commend you on that. And never let go of that. Contend for that. Fight for that. Because it is going to be your strength in years to come. Amen. Number four. We'll finish with this. We need to make room for God. Isaiah 54 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch forth your curtains. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. And that's a, a choice we have to make. 
You know, in Hebrews 12, it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us cast off every weight and sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. There's some things that we need to put off, we need to let go of. Often our lives are so busy and so full and we've got so much going on and so many weights, so many concerns, so many fears, so many, you know, bills, so many, you know dysfunctional family issues going on that there's no space for God to fill but we need to let some of these things go we need to let go of our past and, and you know and things we may have done wrong we need to let go of concerns and cares what does the Bible say cast your cares upon me because I care for you if we're going to make room for God we've got to let go of something and it's like a, a, a drain pipe that's blocked at one end God wants to fill it up God wants to pour his Holy Spirit into it but it's only going to get filled so far and then it's not going to flow through, and then the water's going to get stagnant and smell. And God wants us to, what does it say, be a sweet-swelling aroma under him. He doesn't want that drain pipe to be, to be clogged. He wants us to be open vessels that he flows through. So it's, it's always fresh. What's coming through our lives is always fresh. What we're always getting is fresh revelation from heaven. It's a fresh touch from heaven. It's a, it's a touch for the day. It's a touch for the season. And um, you know, just quickly in 2 Kings, there's three stories about people and circumstances where room was made for God and he filled it every time. You know, in 2 Kings 3, it talks about three kings in the desert. The kings of Israel that are going after the king, the, the, the king of Moab, the Moabites. What happened is, is they've, they've got this collaboration of three kings and they're walking around the desert. And they're walking around the desert. There's no food, there's no water. And on the seventh day, the king says, As surely the Lord's brought us here to die. And Jehoshaphat says, is there not a prophet that we can seek uh, to get the word of the Lord? And what happens, basically, they seek uh, Elisha. And, and he said, you know, what can we do in this situation? We're going to die. We've brought our armies out here. We thought the Lord was going to lead us into victory, but we feel that he's brought us out here to die. And the prophet says, he hasn't brought you out to, here to die. See that plain over there? Dig ditches. Make ditches throughout that whole plain, and the Lord will fill it with water. And what happens overnight? And the, the prophet says, this is an easy, easy thing for God. Sometimes we feel like we're coming to God and we're, we're dry. We're tired. We're thirsty. We feel like we're going to die and there's nothing that God can do. Sometimes God wants us to dig ditches. He wants us to dig wells. He wants us to labor a little bit, labor in his presence, labor in our service, labor in our love and attention of him, to dig some ditches and some wells, to get some depth and some capacity in our lives because he wants to fill your life. He wants to meet your needs. There's nothing, the Bible says, that is impossible with God. There is nothing that is impossible with God. Death isn't impossible to God. Finances aren't impossible to God. Salvation isn't impossible to God. What's an impossibility with man is possible with God. And he just wants us to dig some ditches so he can make way and he can provide in our lives. And the long and the short of it is it comes to the next morning the ditches are filled with water. They drink and they go and get a great victory. The second story in 2 Kings 4 is about the widow's oil. And the prophet comes to this woman and, and, and she's, she's, in, she's in a state. Her husband's died, her sons are about to be taken away and sold to pay the debts that her husband had. And the prophet comes to her and says, what do you have? And she says, I've got nothing. He says, surely you've got something. She says, well, I've got a little oil. And he said, well, go and collect jars from all your neighbours, not just a few, collect many. In other words, make some space, create some capacity, create some area for God to fill and watch what he will do on your behalf. And he goes, and when you've got these vessels, close the door behind you and start pouring the oil out. 
God wants to pour so much oil over this house. God wants to pour so much provision and so much oil into your lives that there's not room enough to contain it. That you will have enough to provide for your life, to provide for your needs and to provide for the needs of others in your community. I believe this is going to be a house that is a, is a house of provision for the community. It's going to be a house of provision you know, for the homeless women, for the single mums, for those that, you know, ha- that lack that this is going to be a house of light that, that brings and provides because God, you're going to create space. You're going to create an area for God to fill and he is going to fill it and it is just going to keep flowing. And while there's space, it is just going to keep flowing and it won't stop. And that's exactly what happened. And then in 2 Kings 4 verse 8, it talks about the Shunammite woman who made room for God. And we might just read that quickly. Now it happened one day that Elijah went to Shunem where there was a notable woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there and eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed in there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Verse 21. And she went up. Oh, sorry. So the story is they made space for God. And Elisha comes and says, what may I do for you? You've been so generous and good to me. You've, you know, basically what happens, she attached her house to the house of God. You know, your life doesn't need to be separate from the house of God. You've got your own needs. You've got your own desires. You've got your own bills. You've got your own family. But you can connect that to the house of God. I tell you, the safest place for your family to live is connected to the house of God. The safest place for your finances to be is connected to the house of God. The safest place for your health to be is connected to the house of God. Because it's in the house of God that the power of God resides. And she made space. She created uh, an atmosphere. She created, she was generous towards the house of God, towards the man of God. And long and short of it, she gets a son. She, She hasn't had a son. She gets a son. The son dies. And what does she do? And I'm going to speak tonight about resurrecting your dreams. But what it says is that she went and uh, went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him. As the story goes, she calls upon the the prophet, the man of God, and he comes to the space that she had created and revives her son. You see, God wants to fill any space that he has given. God wants to come and be the God, the king of glory, in any space that we'll create for him. This is a woman that had not created space for God and got and that thing died but then it was resurrected because it was attached to the house of God and uh, it's just a phenomenal phenomenal story that you know when we create space and time for God in our lives he is faithful to his to, to fill it every time you know and you, you might be here today going what the heck are you talking about what, what do you mean how can I create time for God God is God how can I create space for God You may never have asked Jesus into your life. You may have. You may have walked with God and are just feeling a little dry, feeling like God's withdrawn a little bit. And if every head would be bowed and every eye closed, I would just love to give you an opportunity here this morning to say, you know what? I want to give my life to Christ. I want to give my life to Jesus. You know, I I didn't know. I didn't realize that I could could create space in my world. I thought God was just God and he lived outside you know, now that you're saying that God can live on the inside of me, I want to ask him into my life today. And, you know, I believe here today that you can have the power of heaven residing on the inside of your life. You can have the touch of God that brings peace. The Bible says that our God is a God of peace. Our God is a God of hope. Our God is a God of love. 
And you might have been walking with God and you just withdrew from that. And I believe right now is a season of favour in the church and right now is a season of salvation. The Bible says that this is the day of salvation. This is the day of the Lord's favour. And I believe we're walking in that right now. And I want to give every person here an opportunity. I don't care who's sitting next to you, who's in front of you, behind you. While every eye is closed, I want to say, if, if you want to ask Jesus into your life today, if you want to create that space for God because you're going through some stuff, of you, you've experienced some things in your life that you, know, you just don't feel are right, that are, that are hard, you don't know if you'll get through them, I want you to lift your hand right now and say, yeah, that's me. I want to ask Jesus into my life. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. That's fantastic. Anybody else? I want to give you that opportunity. Just, just lift your hand right now and say, yeah, I want Jesus in my life. Thank you. I see that hand. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you. I see that hand. If there's anybody else, you've been walking with God and you feel like you've just pulled back. You're not walking as intimately or closely. You know, the things that God, God the Holy Spirit is, God wants to refresh us and, and fill us new every day. That, you know, sometimes we, and, and God leaks because we get more concerned with the things of the world or things, bills that are happening or family relations, different things. If you feel like you've just drawn back from God and you want to come close to him today, I want you to lift your hand also. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There's hands going up all over the place. Bless your name, Jesus. And you know what? I want to ask this question this morning. There might be some of you here. That are going, I love Jesus with all my heart. I really do. But I want to know, I want to be assured of my eternal salvation the day I die. And you may not be you know, sure that you know, when you die, you're going to heaven. God wants to let you know. He wants his peace to come on your life today. He wants you to know that the day you die, you will go to heaven and be with him. If that's you, just lift your hand. Thank you, Lord. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. I see that hand. Thank you very much. Bless you. Jesus. Well, what I'd love to do is if everybody would stand to their feet. I can't come to you because there's just too many of you that raised your hand, but what I would love you to do, I would love to pray with you individually and I would love to pray with you out the front here. If every person that raised their hand saying, yeah, I want to give my life to Christ, or I want to come back to Christ. I want to make space for God to move in my world. Or if you just raise your hand and say, you know what, I want some assurance in my life that the day I die, I'm going to heaven. I want you to just come to the, to the front now. And we're going to clap and we're going to cheer. Come on, church. Every person that lifted their hands, just make your way to the front. There's people on this side through the middle. Just all of you come forward. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Just make your way to the front. This is what church is all about. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, know, just, just come on to the front. Fantastic. Just come on over here. Awesome. Fantastic. Just make your way here through the center, guys. This is fantastic. There, there, was, there was people all over the place. Just, just take a step forward for me. Fantastic. That's great. Guys, if you just want to come through here to the center, just slide up a little bit. God is good, isn't he? God is good. This is why the church is here. See, lives change and turn around. Fantastic. Good morning. Fantastic. Why don't you guys just come up here a little bit? This is awesome. What we're going to do right now is say a prayer. We'll just ask Jesus into our lives, and I'm sure you know what we're doing. Church, I want to ask every one of you to say this prayer with me this morning. You know, you can be walking with God, but God's always got more for us. It's just a hard attitude. It's just, you know... And I'm just excited for this this morning. So why don't we do this? Every person, just close your eyes along the front and say this prayer. Lord God, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart and fill me now. Lord God, I accept today that my past is in the past. 
And right now I start a new day in you. Be my God. Lead me. Guide me. Show me your love. I accept you as my Lord, God and Saviour. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We just give everyone a clap. Now, there may be some of you here, and this is the first time you've made a response to Jesus Christ. It's the first time you've made a decision to open your life to Him. We have a special gift we'd like to give you. We'd like to talk to you about the next steps in being a Christian. So, if you just put your hand up, which one? There's one here. Who else? Over there, two, three. Okay, anyone else that just uh, it's the first time? All right, now what we're going to do, God bless you, dear. Wow, that was the power of God. <laughs> the living God. Woo, was that good? <laughs> Praise the Lord. What I'd like you to do is just see Doug over here with the white shirt. I'd like you just to go over and follow him. He's going to give you a gift, can talk to you about your next steps. And those who bought you, they'll come with you. Okay, those who bought you just come with you and take a few minutes to share. Who's the other one over there? Put a hand up. That's right. If someone came with you, they'll come over there and follow you through and take a few minutes. Someone come with you, dear? On your own? Oh, it's okay. There you go. You got a friend. Praise the Lord. Fantastic. I'll, I'll be two seconds. I just want to I believe that somebody here and you've got arthritis through your body and God's going to heal you now. Just come out here. God's going to uh, touch a whole lot of people tonight and we'll go this way. But Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Just lift your hands, look away to God. Our God is a healing God. You know, it's never through man, it's always making space, making way so that God can move on people. So I'll be healed Ooh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now. Jesus name. Arthritis. Please. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, your word says we will lay our hands on the sick and they will recover. We'll be healed in Jesus' name. I believe there's somebody here and you're waiting on an operation. You're waiting to have an operation and you've got pain in your body. I want to pray for you. If there's anybody here and you're waiting to have an operation, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands, man, right there. My God, right now, the power of heaven. Well, Christian will be praying for some more people tonight to get healed and for to flow the prophetic to come. How many have enjoyed it this morning? Been good? Amen. Come on, let's give him a great clap and appreciate him. Fantastic. That was great. I enjoyed it very, very much. Wonderful.